Let's get going here. Oh, we made it through in in Judges here. Oh, we we got all the way to, to chapter to chapter eight here. Anyway, of course, this is this is a this is a perfect timeline like this, and we all know Genesis beginning. That is the beginning of time, or we'll just have to say Jesus is wrong. No, Jesus is not wrong. His genealogy didn't quit with Adam because he didn't know who the people were. No, Adam was the end of it. Yeah. And I tell you what, there's more people, you know, than you think believe that God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, it's, the Bible says the evidence is there. So, you know, we have to fight to believe in something. And remember, the other alternative is a religion, is a religion too. Because you say, well, where'd you get the dirt from? Well, you know, we believe over, oh, come on, even if you add billions and billions of years, Five billion, you know, that's what they say. Well, they say 20 billion. That's the rate now. It always goes up. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, here we go. Historic line here. Fantastic. Uh, uh, there's other people in the world, but God's only, uh, we only have record in the scriptures of, of, uh, of those that are around uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the surrounding nations around them. Okay, but all those have descendants. There's family trees all around the place. Okay, anyway, but this story here goes all the way down through... Uh, uh, when they got to the promised land at the end of Deuteronomy, actually at the first of it, it's a speech. They're just standing there for a half a day or whatever, and Moses is speaking. Joshua, they go in the promised land. Boy, they took it all. 24 chapters there. Then in Judges, Joshua dies in that uh, first chapter right there. And then everybody was doing good for a while. And then everybody went back to worshiping the gods of Egypt, the worshiping the gods of the Canaanites. Let's just do that, and that'd be okay. No, it won't be okay. They lost their place. So anyway, we just got through looking at uh, Gideon. Okay, so let's pick up the last little part of, uh, as you can see it right there, in Judges chapter 8. Let's pick it up a little bit right here. Yeah, here we go. Take it, verse 28. That's the true account. That's a fairy tale. Why is it say it this way? This is a mythological story. It, it has spiritual implications. It's history, and to me, that's what makes it spiritual for you and I. It's like, whoa. Okay, because Jesus is the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, this is the true account of how Midian was subdued by Israel. Uh, Midian never recovered, and the land was at peace. Here's the time frame, 40 years. Now, since Moses, we could add this up. We're already looking at about 250 years. Moses has been gone for 250 years, or 300, something like that. Look, notice this. All during Gideon's lifetime. We were talking about this a few moments ago. Boy, when some of the people that really love Jesus, when they go home to be with the Lord, sometimes those that follow, even though they're their kids, they don't want to follow the Lord and things get bad in a hurry. Anyway, he returned home and eventually had 70 sons. Now, this is important. Watch this. Had 70 sons before he had many wives. Okay. He also had a concubine in Shechem who presented him with a son named Abimelech. Gideon finally died, an old, old man, and was buried in the sepulcher of his father, in other words, at the graveyard, whatever, his, in uh, Joash in Oprah, in the land of the Ebrazites, or whatever you say that. Okay. But as soon, look, here it goes. But as soon as Gideon was dead, oh, man, the Israelis began to worship the idols of Baal and Baal Bareth. They no longer considered the Lord as their God, though he had rescued them from all their enemies on every side, nor did they show any kindness to the family of Gideon, 
despite what all he's done. Now, before we uh, go any further with what happens next, I want to jump ahead. I'm, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty close. I want to go to the book of Ezekiel. So what, what are you doing? Well, remember, this is a timeline. Ezekiel is a name. That's a person, okay? He's actually a priest. Let's see what he says. Ezekiel was a priest, the son of Buzai, who lived with the, look at this, the Jewish exiles beside the Shebar Canal in Babylon. Hello, Nebuchadnezzar. This is like 500 years later, okay? Further downrange, okay? What does it say? The Jewish exiles, they lost the promised land here. They lost it in the book of Judges. They lost it here. Now, I want to show you a little something about, well, what was going on? Well... I read this the other day. I didn't just pick out a chapter. No, I read the whole book of Ezekiel real quick. Uh, look at this. Some of the elders of Israel visited me to ask for a message from the Lord. This is the message that came to me to give them. Son of dust, these men, look at that, worship idols in their hearts. Should I, should I let them ask me anything? I mean, the Lord's ticked off. Why don't you go ask that piece of wood for help? Don't be asking me. Tell them the Lord God says, I will personally deal with anyone in Israel who worships idols, then comes to me for help. Oh, man. So you can see where we have to watch out, too. We don't want to just, you know, worship my own personal greatness or, or whatever, and I'm just so great. But, boy, when it really gets bad, I'll ask the Lord's help, you know. You know. I don't need the Lord, whatever. There's nothing wrong with needing the Lord when you're in trouble. That's fine. But he needs to always be the one that uh, you look for. Okay, anyway. Uh, I want you to see the depth of this uh, of this idol worship. You'll know what's going on here. Let's see, warn them. Let's see. Okay, da -da 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 -da. there's a part in here that I want you to see. Let's get it. I want you to see how bad this is. Uh, uh, oh, you may have heard me mention this before, but look at this. <laughs> look at 13. Oh, son of dust. He said, if the people of this land sin against me, I'll crush them with my fist and break off their food supply and send famine to destroy it. Now, remember, the sin was what? Idols. Worship. Look at he says, even if Noah and Daniel and Job, now he just authenticated those books, the Genesis right there. Now we know the book of Daniel, whoa, that must have been true. And then guess what? Now that book of Job, it's not a fairy tale, if they were, it was a real person. He said uh, they alone would be saved by their righteousness, but the rest of them are toast. Wow. Okay. And why? Because they worship idols. Now, let me see this little part I want to see here. Oh. Uh, uh, well, it's, it's, let me go to 20. I made a note in my, in my mind, 20 had it. Let's see. Maybe nonetheless, they're worshiping these idols. Let me skip down here in chapter 20, uh, Ezekiel. Uh, let's see. He says, get rid of every, every idol. Don't defile yourself. Look at that with the Egyptian gods for I'm the Lord, your God. Oh, but they rebelled against me. They would not listen. See, that's where we are in the book of Judges. They didn't get rid of their idols, nor forsake the gods of Egypt. Then I thought, I'll pour out my fury on them and against them while they're still in Egypt. Uh, but I didn't do it. I acted to protect my honor, lest the Egyptians would laugh at Israel because I couldn't keep them from harm. All right, anyway, uh, let's see. Let me skip ahead here. Hold on. I'm looking for this thing about children. It's what they were doing with their kids. Uh, I spoke to their kids. Okay, let's see. Their, their kids went wild too. Okay, I got that. Let's see. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. Look at 26. 
in hope that I would withdraw back in, in horror and know that I alone am God. I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I gave them. They burnt their firstborn children as offerings to their gods. See, that's what we're looking at in Exodus. That Baal and that other stupid god. Good grief. Why don't they throw themselves to the fire? No, they won't throw their kids to the fire. She. Tell them, the Lord God says, your fathers continued to blaspheme and betray me when I brought them in the land I promised. They offered sacrifices and incense on every hill and under every tree. They uh, roused their fury uh, as they offered up their sacrifices, which were their kids. Good grief. Notice they called the place the place of sacrifice. I think they said it again. Look, look at that. Look at 31. Oh, my goodness. Catch 30 while we're there. The Lord God wants to know whether you are going to pollute yourselves just as your fathers did and keep on worshiping idols. For when you offer gifts to them and give your little sons to be burned to ashes as you do even this day, shall I listen to you for help? Of course not. I mean, come on. It's like they try to tell us, as well, a Christian won't act like, oh, yeah, a Christian will. Because a Christian is Jesus. That's you and I. Jesus didn't answer every question. By what authority do you do this? Remember that story? And Jesus said, I'll tell you what. I'll ask you a question. If you'll answer mine, I'll answer yours. Was John the Baptist from the Lord or not? And the scripture says, well, they thought, well, if we say he's from the Lord, then Jesus is going to say, well, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say he's not from the Lord, the people will mob us. So they go, uh, we're not going to say, you know. King James makes it sound like, well, we don't know. No, they said they wouldn't answer. That's the reason Jesus' next phrase was, neither will I answer you. Man, I tell you what. You have these feelings for a reason. Somebody promises they will do this, 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 and all of a sudden they turn on you? Shall I help you? No. Look at that. Uh, what, what you have in mind will not be done to be like all the other nations. See, that's what they were doing. To be like all the other nations around you, serving gods of wood and stone. Man, see, those gods are not even gods. Okay, so let's go back. So all of a sudden, Mr. Gideon passes away, doesn't he? All right, so here we go, back to Judges. This is about 500 years earlier. Uh, let's see, the eight chapters where we're going to, I think. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, no, actually, the, we're starting the ninth chapter. Okay, so the ninth chapter... And we just finished that last little phrase. Okay. Chapter 8, verse 35 of Judges. Uh, but as soon, Acts 33. But as soon as Gideon was dead, the Israelis began to do what? Here they go. Back to throwing their kids to the fire. Worshiping the, the idols of Baal and Baal Bareth, they no longer consider the Lord as their God, though he had rescued them from all their enemies on every side. Look at that phrase. Let's just think we're drinking coffee or whatever. Or eat, re- I'm not like this. Well, that's right. Look at this. He'll always rescue you from your enemies. Nor did they show any kindness to the family of Gideon. I mean, Gideon did some great things, and they didn't have any respect for him. So here we go. Remember, they only put these markers in here, chapter 9, just to help us get around. All right, one day, Gideon's son, see, we're still talking about Gideon. One day, Gideon's son, Abimelech, visited uh, his uncles, his mother's brothers, and Shechem. Now, remember, there was a lot of brothers because there was a lot of moms, right? The dad was Gideon. And anyway, they said, uh, go talk to the leaders of Shechem, he requested, and ask them whether they want to be ruled by 70 kings. That's Gideon's 70 sons. I mean, we just read that. Or by one man, meaning your own flesh and blood. 
Where's this going? Well, it's history. It's not about who's the sweetest. Look at this. So his uncles went to the leader of the city and proposed that Abimelech proposed his scheme. And they decided since his mother was a native of their town, they would go along with it. They gave him money from the temple, not God's temple, but the offerings of idol Baal Bareth, which, uh, which he used to hire some worthless loafers who agreed to do whatever he told them. You know what he's going to do? He's going to kill all them other brothers. So he took them to his father's home at Oprah, and there upon one stone they slaughtered all 70 of his half-brothers except for Jotham. Why? That rascal escaped, didn't he? Good for him. The citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo called a meeting under the oak beside the garrison of Shechem. Yeah, this sure sounds like it's history. Yes, it's history. Man, I if I was smoking dope doing this, I would have left out all that stuff. I'd have just wrote, it'd been just, it'd been just Dick and Jane books. Man, I mean, come on. You know, it's easy. God. But now here we go. When Jotham, he's the one that escaped, didn't he? Heard about this. He stood on Mount Gerizim. Remember that? That's one of those mountains that Moses said, when you get over there, because Moses couldn't go. When you get over there, stand on Mount Gerizim. Some of y'all stand on this. You shout blessings and curses. Okay. Oh, here it goes. Look at this. Uh, and shouted across to the men of Shechem. If you want God's blessing, listen to me. Once upon a time, the trees decided to elect the king. First, they asked the olive tree, but he refused. Now, he's telling a little story so they get it, okay? They asked the olive tree, and he said, Should I quit producing olive oil that blesses God and man just to wave to and fro among the other trees? Then they said to the fig tree, Hey, you be our king. But the fig tree also refused. Should I quit producing sweetness and fruit just to lift my head above the other trees? It asked. Then they said to the grapevine, You reign over us. But the grapevine replied, Shall I quit producing the wine that cheers both God and man? Well, we don't want to say God has anything to do with drinking. Whatever. Miss the whole point if you focus on alcohol your whole life. It says right here, it brings cheer. Okay, whatever. Just to be the mightier than all the other trees. Then all the trees finally turn to the thorn bush. Really? You be our king. <laughs> and the bush, the thorn bush replied, If you really want me, then come and humble yourselves beneath my shade. If you refuse, let fire flame forth from me and burn down the great cedars of Lebanon. So this guy's kind of teaching them a little story here to say, What do you guys want to do? And now make sure that you have done the right thing in making Abimelech your king, that you have done right by Gideon and all of his descendants. Well, the guy killed them all except for one. For my father fought for you, risked his life, and delivered you from the Midianites, and yet you revolted against him, killed all his 70 sons upon one stone, and now you've chosen a slave girl's son, Abimelech, to be your king just uh, because he's your relative? If you're sure that you've done right by Gideon and his descendants, then may you and Abimelech have a long and happy life together. But if you've not been fair to Gideon, then may Abimelech destroy the citizens of Shechem and Bel Milo, and let them destroy. And then let them uh, may they destroy Abimelech. Then Jotham escaped and lived in beer for fear of his brother Abimelech, a half brother. Three years later, okay. God stirred up trouble between King Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem, and they revolted. In the events that followed, both Shechem and the citizens of Shechem, who aided him in butchering Gideon's 70 sons, were given their just punishments for these murders. For the men of Shechem set up an ambush for Abimelech along the trail 
on the top of a mountain. While they were waiting for him to come, they robbed everyone else who passed that way. But someone warned Abimelech about their plot. Wow, this is just history, isn't it? Yeah. At that time, Gael, the son of Ebeb, moved to Shechem with his brothers, and he became one of the leading citizens. During the harvest at a feast at Shechem that year, held in the temple of, oh my goodness, the local god, the wine flowed freely, and everyone began cursing Abimelech. Oh, so they didn't like their president, did they? Okay. Who's Abimelech? Gael shouted. And why should he be our king? Why should we be his servants? He and his friend Zebul should be our servants. Down with Abimelech. <laughs> Make me your king, and you'll soon see what happens to Abimelech. I'll tell Abimelech, get an army and come on out and fight. But when Zebul, the mayor of the town, heard what Gael was saying, he was furious, and he sent messengers to Abimelech in Arumah, telling him, Gael, son of Eber, and his relatives have come to, Shech in, to live in Shechem, and now they are rousing the city to rebellion against you. Come by night with an army and hide out in the fields. And in the morning, as soon as it's daylight, storm the city. When he and those who are with him come out against you, then you can do with them as you wish. Okay, so Abimelech and his men marched through the night, split into four groups, stationed themselves around the city. The next morning, Gael sitting at the city gates discussing various issues with the local leaders. Abimelech and his men began to march upon the city. When Gael saw them, he exclaimed to Zebul, Look over at that mountain. Doesn't that look like people are coming? No, it's just shadows. <laughs> you know, it just looks like men. No, look over there, Gail said. I'm sure people are coming to us. And look, there are those coming along the road past the Oak of Manoel. Now remember all this bunch here, they're not Abimelech's. I mean, he's not, he's not God's man. Then Zebul turned on him triumphantly. Now where is that big mouth of yours? <laughs> he said, who was it who, was, who said, who is Abimelech and why should he be our king? The men you taunted and cursed are right outside the city. Go on and fight. So Gael led the men of Shechem into the battle and fought against Abimelech, but he was defeated. Yeah. I mean, both these groups are worship idols. But he was defeated, and many of the men of Shechem were left wounded all the way to the city gate. Abimelech was living at Arumah at this time, and Zebul drove Gael and his relatives out of Shechem and wouldn't let, let them live there anymore. The next day, the men of Shechem went out to battle again. However, someone had told Abimelech of their plans. So he divided the men into groups hiding in the fields. And the men of the city went out to attack. He and his men jumped from their hiding places, began killing them. Abimelech stormed the city gate to keep the men of Shechem from getting back in while his other two troops cut down in the fields. The battle went on all day after Abimelech finally captured the city, killed its people, leveled it to the ground. The people... At the nearby town of Migdal, saw what was happening and took refuge in the fort next to the temple of Baal Barath. Yeah, like that's really going to help you. When Abimelech learned of this, he led his forces to Mount Zalma, where he began chopping a bundle of firewood, placed it on his shoulder. Oh, let's see. Yeah, he led his troops to Mount Zalma, where he began chopping. Okay. Uh, Do as I've done, he told him. So each of them quickly cut a bundle and carried it back to the town where uh, in other words, following Abimelech's example. The bundles were piled on the walls of the fort and set it on fire. So all the people inside died, about a thousand men and women. Abimelech attacked the, attacked the city of Thebes and captured it. However, there was a fort inside the city um, um, and the entire population fled into it, uh, barricaded the gates and climbed up uh, to the top of the roof to watch. But Abimelech was 
preparing to burn it. A woman on the roof. Here we go. Now, what, uh, what I want you to see when this happens here, 500 years later, David's in a fight somewhere. And uh, some woman says, remember what happened to Abimelech? Well, it's fairy tales. This stuff never happened. No, here it is. This is what... Now remember, Abimelech's not a good guy. He killed all his brothers. They're all worshiping stupid idols. So, but as Abimelech was preparing to burn it, a woman on the roof threw down a millstone. <laughs> Go women, yeah. It landed on Abimelech's head, crushing his skull. Yeah. Kill me, he groaned to his youthful armor bearer. Let it never be said that a woman killed Abimelech. Hey, too bad, Jack. Too bad. Cicero got nailed by that woman. Just two chapters. Anyway, so the man pierced him with a sword and he died. When his men saw that he was dead, they disbanded and returned to their homes. Look at that. Thus God punished both Abimelech and the men of Shechem for murdering what? Murdering uh, for the sin of murdering Gideon's 70 sons. So the curse of the one that survived, Jotham, it came true. Okay, boom. After Abimelech's death... The next judge of Israel was Tola, son of Pua, a grandson of Dodo. Wow. He was of the tribe of, now we know this guy. He's one of the 12, the SEC, but Issachar, but he lived in the city of Shamar in the hill country of Ephraim. He was Israel's judge for, here's another time frame. So here we got 23 more years. When he died, he was buried in Shemur and was succeeded by Jack. So we don't have much details, do we? This guy here, Tola, okay, he must have helped him out for 23 years. Okay, he was succeeded by Jar, a man of Gilead, who judged Israel for 23, 22 years. So we have 23, 22. So we got, what, almost 50 years have gone by here. All right, look at this. Uh, his 30 sons rode around on 30 donkeys, and they owned 30 cities in the land of Gilead and are still called, look at that, the cities of Jar. But it never happened. Well, that's crazy. They got a city named after it. When he died, he was buried in Cayman. So all we know is the time and the dates here. Then the people of Israel, they turned away. See, apparently they were worshiping the Lord for a while, but now they went back again. Same stupid gods. Worshiped the heathen gods of Baal and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria. Boy, they're adding to their list. Sidon, Moab, Ammon, Philistia. Not only this, but they no longer worship Jehovah at all. Uh-oh, this made Jehovah, that's the Lord, very angry with his people. I guess so. He immediately permitted the Philistines and the Amorites to begin tormenting him. These attacks took place on the east of the Jordan River in the land of the Amorites. Jordan River, we know what that is. Okay. And also in Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. For the Amorites crossed the Jordan to attack the Israelis. Boy, just things just falling all apart. Yeah, if you love the Lord, you're okay. That's why I like to say, you know, I was telling uh, Laura before we really got rolling here this morning. I mean, I know we had this COVID-19 thing, but you know, if, if we had really, the church, I'm just, the body of Christ, if we really treated the Bible like it was really so, and a lot of them, a lot of churches have. That's the reason they're like, if there's any place you go when you're sick, you go to church. Come on. You pray for the sick. It's not, well, we put a name on the wall. Please pray for sister so No. You stop what you're doing and you pray for sister so-and-so. It says, is any sick among you? James chapter 5. Can you imagine this? If, if everybody did this. Now we do, praise the Lord. Is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Except if it's COVID, you know. I know we have trouble with that. We struggle with that because 
you know, a lot of times we go, well, where's the Lord? You know, where's the Lord? You got to get that element of faith going. We do, we've just been taught that he's not there to help. That's the reason I like to talk about everything. Paul said in everything by prayer, if you would begin to pray about everything and... and he's just right. Anyway, there we go. Back to this. Okay. So anyway, but anyway, hey, in the midst of this junk going on, I tell you that we're still so blessed. We're still so blessed. And, he, and thank God for pastors, preachers, and the body of Christ too. Everybody's responsible to read the Bible themselves. And I'm sure they go, oh my God, somehow, some way, some way, Lord, please help us with this. And praise God, look what's going on today. I mean, our nation's not, we're not all dying. Our recovery rate, you've heard, has been so fantastic. Here we go. All right, so this went on for 18 years. Yeah, there you go. Worship that stuff and you're going to get this stuff. Finally, here we go. The Israelis turned to Jehovah again and begged him to save them. Okay. We have sinned against you and forsaken you as our God and have worshipped idols they confessed. But the Lord replied, I didn't save you from the, the Egyptians, the Amorites, the Ammonites, the Philistines, the Sidonians, the Amalites, and the uh, Manoanites. Has there ever been a time when you cried? Let's see what he says here. Uh, no, he says, didn't I save you? Look at all that. He did. Okay. Has there ever been a time when you cried out to me and I haven't rescued you? Yet you continue to abandon me and worship other gods. Look at that. So, oh, wait a minute, Lord, please wait. He said, go away. Do you know Jesus told somebody to do that? He, King James says, go now and learn. Remember, they got all mad. Jesus was in there drinking and eating with these sinners and stuff. And the Pharisees were, how can he? Eat with such despicable people. And Jesus said, go now. He mean, he said, go away. Go away and you learn. I'll have mercy and not sacrifice. Anyway. Plus he told the woman, hey, it's not right to give the crumbs to the dogs, whatever. All right, here we go. Uh, go away. I won't save you anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Go and cry. Look at that. Go and cry to the new gods you've chosen. Let them save you. Of course, you know the Lord. He's still going to help them out. But they pleaded with him and said, We have sinned. Punish us in any way you think is best. Only save us this once more. Oh, my God. We're, we're not even near Ezekiel. You know, the next eight hundred, six, seven hundred years, they're going to go back and forth, back and forth. Anyway, the army, let's uh, see. Uh, anyway, okay. Then they destroyed their foreign gods. Well, they, well, that's smart. And they worshiped only the Lord. And he was grieved by their misery. Now, I tell you, isn't that great? The Lord knows you know, he's going to be merciful. You need to always count on that. Uh, the armies of Ammon were mobilizing in Gilead at that time, preparing to attack Israel's army at Mizpah. Okay? Some of you women got jewelry. It's got Mizpah. Remember that? A little jewelry says Mizpah on it. A little story in the scriptures. You know, maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend in high school, you had those two things. Whatever. Here we go. Who will lead our forces against the Ammonites? The leaders of Gilead asked each other, whoever volunteers will be our king. Okay. Wow, that's the end of that chapter. That means you got to read the next one. Now Jephthah, uh-oh, I've heard of this guy. Yep. We'll get this story and we'll stop. Watch this. He was a great warrior from the land of Gilead, but his mother was a, oh, come on. Remember, Jesus said the prostitutes and the tax collectors, they're going to get in the kingdom of God quicker than you will. He was talking to the Pharisees. His father, whose name was Gilead, had several 
uh, other sons by his legitimate wife. <laughs> and when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah out of the country. Look how they treated him. You son of a whore! You'll not get any of our father's estate. I tell you what, if you love Jesus, you don't need anybody's money. God take care of you. So Jephthah fled from his father's home and he lived in the land of Tob. Soon he had quite a band of malcontents as his followers, living off the land as bandits. You mean he was a bad guy? No, he was like a Robin Hood, remember? The Ammonites were controlling everything. It was about this time the Ammonites began their war against Israel. The leaders of Gilead, they sent for old Jephthah. Well, you can imagine he's going to bite back a little bit here. Begging him to come and lead their army against the Ammonites. Jephthah said, why do you come to me when you hate me and you've driven me out of my father's house? Why come now when you're in trouble? He's just acting like the Lord, isn't he? Because we need you. If you'll be our commander-in-chief against the Amorites, we'll make you the king of Gilead. Sure. You expect me to believe that? Well, they swore. We swear. We promise with a solemn oath. Okay, Jephthah accepted the commission and was made commander-in-chief. The contract was ratified. Look at that. Before the Lord and at the uh, at the General Assembly of the people. Now, remember, we just learned that the people finally threw away all their idols, didn't they? The only thing they'd done wrong was his brothers had excommunicated him. Jephthah sent messengers to the king of Ammon demanding to know why Israel was being attacked. That's good. The king of Ammon replied that the land belonged to the people of Ammon. This is ours. Now watch this. Is Mr. Jephthah, could he possibly have learned from his mama and daddy about the Lord? Let's see what he says. Uh, then Jephthah sent messengers to king of Ammon. Well, we read that part. Let's see. Uh, he said that land was stolen from them the king did Ammon he said the Israelis came from Egypt that never happened it did too the whole terrier from the Arnon River and the Jabbok and Jordan was his he claimed give us back our land peacefully peacefully look what old Jephthah says Israel didn't steal the land huh what happened was this when the people of Israel arrived at Kadesh on their journey from Egypt after crossing the Red Sea. Now, hold on, Jephthah. You ain't got a brain. You don't know nothing's going on. He did. That's the reason he knew about the Lord. They sent a message to the king of Edom asking permission to pass through his land. But their petition was denied. Hello, book of Numbers. It's also spoken again in Moses' speech in Deuteronomy. Asking permission to pass through the land. But their petition was denied. Then they asked the king of Moab for similar permission. The same with their story there. So the people of Israel stayed in Kadesh. Finally, they went around Edom and Moab through the wilderness and traveled along the eastern border till at last they arrived beyond. They were coming along the edge and they finally had to come across somebody's territory here. The boundary of Moab at the Arnon River. But they never once crossed into Moab. The, then Israel sent messengers to King Sihon, which, remember, they beat him, of the Amorites who lived in Habesh and asked uh, permission to cross his land to get to their destination. I mean, did, can you believe that Jephthah knows all this? Yeah. But the king of Sihon didn't trust Israel, so he mobilized an army of Jehash and attacked them. Well, that ain't going to get you very far. The Lord our God helped Israel defeat Sihon and all your people. So, Israel took all of your land. Boy, he was setting the record, wasn't he? He says, you lost your land, and you ain't going to get it back. You're not going to claim it back. 
So you see, it was the Lord of Israel who took away the land from the Amorites and gave it to Israel. Why then should we return it to you? You keep whatever. Look at this. <laughs> Boy, he's getting him here. What did he say? You keep whatever your God, Kamish, gives you. You can look up the God of Kamish, and he's the God of the Amorites. You can Google that and see that. And we'll keep whatever our God gives us. And besides, just who do you think you are? Are you better than King Balak, the king of Moab? Did he try to recover his land after Israel defeated him? Uh-uh. But now, after 300 years, now there's your time frame. Now we know it's been 300 years since uh, Moses. Uh, you make an issue of this? Israel's been living here all this time, spread out across the land from Heshbeth to Orah and along the Arnon River. Why have you made no effort to recover it until now? No, I have not sinned okay, against you. Rather, you have wronged me by coming to war against me. But Jehovah the judge will soon show... Uh, which of us is right, Israel or Ammon? Oh, but the king of Ammon paid no attention to Jephthah's message. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. He led his army across Gilead and Manasseh. Now, before we get any further here, get ready. This guy's listed in the book of Hebrews. There's also something called the foolish vow. Just remember, it wasn't the Lord's will. It was this guy. You know, you can be as good as you want. I mean, and we're, we do our best to do right, but sometimes we don't think things through, okay? Anyway, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah, and he led his army across the land of Gilead, and Manasseh passed Mizpah into Gilead and attacked the army of Ammon. Meanwhile, Jephthah had vowed, uh-oh. Look what he says. Is this scriptural? No. You can make a vow, but you ought to watch what you say. Now remember, we just read in Ezekiel, what were the people, what was popular? Offer your kids to be burned on a fire. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jephthah had vowed a vow to the Lord that if God would help Israel conquer the Ammonites. Now this was a big deal. This was like World War II. You're facing Hitler, okay? Then when he returned home, the first, oh, the first person coming out of his home to meet him would be sacrificed as a burnt offering. God never required that. There's been one sacrifice. Jesus, God, has died for us. We do not kill ourselves. Yeah, but you say, Richard, this is in the Bible. That's because this is what Jephthah said. Well, Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him the victory. You think God gave him the victory so he could, you know what's going to happen. He's going to sacrifice his daughter. No, God was going to give him the victory anyway. He destroyed the Ammonites with a terrible slaughter all the way to Arnon and Minna, including the 20 cities and as far away as the Vineyard Meadow. Now, before we get any further, the Jews have this on their calendar even today, this event. It's marked by this, his daughter's death. God, my goodness. Well, we got to read it. <laughs> I hate to skip it, but we got to read it. All right. Thus the Ammonites, it's, oh man, the Ammonites were subdued by the people of Israel. When Jephthah returned home, his daughter, oh my gosh, his only child ran out to meet him, playing on a tambourine, dancing with joy. God, Jephthah, if I was Jephthah, I'd have just repented. I'd have said, because if he just knew the book of Leviticus, if you make a vow, you can get out of it. So why didn't he get out of it? 
Well, ask yourself this. They've been worshiping idols. They've been worshiping God. They haven't been operating that temple worth a flip. Have you heard anybody talk about the high priest here? Have you heard anybody going back to the, to the feast? Remember, they're, all, they're, they're just now starting to recover the promised land here. When he saw her, he tore his clothes in anguish. Alas, my daughter, he cried. You've brought me to dust. Well, what'd she do wrong? For I have made a vow to the Lord and I cannot take it back. Look what she said. Well, at least she had enough. I mean, she's probably a teenager, it looks like. Father, you must do whatever you promised the Lord. For he has given you a great victory over your enemies, the Ammonites. But first, let me go into the hills and roam with my girlfriends for two months, weeping because I'll never marry. He said, yeah, go. And so she went by failing her fate. Well, good grief for two months. <whistles> then she returned home to her father who did as he had vowed. So she was never married. Look at that. And after that, it became a fairy tale. No, a custom that the young girls went away for four days each year to lament the fate of Jephthah's daughter. I just wonder about that. Well, you go Google it and you'll see what's on the calendars or whatever it is. Anyway. Oh, the tribe of, of, of chapter 12, the tribe of Ephraim mobilized its army at Japhon to send its message to Jephthah. Why didn't you call us? Now, now remember, these guys are on their side, Ephraim. But notice they're like, they don't get along, do they? Georgia and Alabama don't seem to appreciate each other. You know, it's just different states. I mean, if you don't like it that way. Why didn't you call us for help to fight against Ammon? We're going to burn your house down. (laughs) God, sounds like Antifa. Man, with you in it. I summoned you, but you refused to come, Jethro retorted. You failed to help us in our time of need. So I risked my life and went to battle without you. And the Lord helped me conquer the enemy. Is that anything for you to fight us about? Boy, they're just one happy family, aren't they? Nope. Jephthah, furious of the taunt of Ephraim, that the men of Gilead were more, that were mere outcasts and the scum of the earth. Boy, he mobilized his army. Oh, God, now we got civil war. He captured the fords of the Jordan behind the army of Ephraim. And whenever a fugitive of Ephraim tried to cross the Gilead's uh, uh, guards challenged him. They said, are you a tribe of the tribe of Ephraim? And they said, if the man replies that he is not, then they demanded, say Shibboleth. <laughs> but if he couldn't pronounce it, the H and shed Hibboleth instead of Shibboleth. Remember, I'm drunk writing this. I mean, this is, this is a drunk guy. No, this stuff happened. Do you see anything here about loving your brother yet and, and having a good day and having the right? And that's because it's not about that. The, the overalling thing is love the Lord. He'll take care of you. So anyway, they said, hey, can you pronounce this? And he couldn't. Then he was dragged away and killed. So 42,000 people, people of Ephraim died that day, there that day. Oh, Ephraim was Israel's judge for six years. At his death, he was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. The next judge, so he's out. The next judge was Ibzan, who lived in Bethlehem. He had 30 sons, 30 daughters. He married his daughters to men outside his clan and brought in 30 girls to marry his sons. Okay, now. He judged Israel for seven years. So now we see we had six years, seven years. We've already added to 300. We're looking at about 320 uh, now. The next judge was Elon of Zebulun. He judged Israel for 10 years. Now we've got 10 more years. Uh, he was buried at Agilon at Zebulun. Okay, the next was Ad. Boy, look how we're going through them. He had 40 sons, 30 grandsons. I'll tell you what's coming up next, and we're going to stop, but it'll be Samson. See, Samson's fixed to come on the scene. 
Uh, he was judged for eight years. He died and was buried at Pirath, and that's the end of that chapter. And I think here we go, if I'm if I know it right. Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. What a great story. Oh, we won't get it all, but watch the little first part of this. This is Samson's dad. Once again, chapter 13, Israel, what were they doing? Worshiping other gods. So the Lord let them be conquered by the Philistines, who kept them in prison for, oh man, 40 years. Then one day, the angel of the Lord appeared to the wife of Manoah. Well, the women folk don't count. Well, looks like it does here. Of the tribe of Dan, who lived at Zorah, she had no children, but said to the angel, no, but the angel said to her, even though you have been barren for so long, you will soon conceive and have a son. Now, I tell you, so far in the Bible, anybody that who could not have kids had kids. You know, that's why the Bible is the greatest book to read, no matter what problems you got. Even though you've been barren for so long, you're going to have a son. Now, we're not going to read this, but this is the start of it. Uh, don't drink any beer or wine, and don't uh, eat any food that isn't kosher. Notice, he, notice they didn't add here because the Alabama law states that no drinking for any women. Man, they always drink. Whatever. I, I get it. But some people jump on this and say, well, here you go. Don't drink no wine. Don't drink no. That's because of the Nazarite vow. Do you remember when this takes place in the book of uh, Leviticus? Actually, it's Numbers. In Numbers, once the vow's over with, he can go back to drinking again. And guess what? He can't even touch a raisin. What's wrong with the maid? <laughs> you know, can't eat a raisin either. Anyway, this, his, son, his hair must never be cut, for he shall be a Nazarite, a special servant of God from the time of his birth, and he'll begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Boy, the woman ran and told her husband, a man from God appeared to me. I think he must be an angel. Well, guess what? He's still there. For he was almost too glorious to look at. Oh, isn't that cool? We hear this stuff. They're just bright at the tomb when Jesus rose from the dead. I didn't ask him where he was from. He didn't tell me his name, but he told me you're going to have a baby. <laughs> Can you imagine her husband's like, are you kidding? He told me not to eat any wine or beer, not to eat any food that isn't kosher, for the baby's going to be a Nazarite. He'll be, notice she had to know what that meant. Okay. He'll be dedicated to God from the moment of his birth until his death. Then Manoah prayed. Now that's her husband. Look what she said. Look what her husband says. Oh, Lord. Please let that guy show up again. I want to see him. Uh, let the man of God come back to us and give us more instructions about the child you're going to give us. The Lord answered his prayer. What do you get out of that? Uh, you got anything you need to ask the Lord for? He'll get it to you. The angel of the Lord appeared once more again to his wife as she was sitting in the field. But again, looks like Manoah got left out. No, hold on. But she was alone. Manoah was not with her. So she quickly ran, found her husband and said, hey, he's here again, Mr. Glow and light bulb. Oh, man. Look at this, yeah. Manoah ran back with his wife and asked, are you the man who talked to my wife the other day? He said, yeah, I am. Uh, Manoah said, can you give us any special instructions how we ought to raise that baby, you know? Well, be sure that your wife follows the instructions I gave her. Look at that. Wait a minute. There's the raisins. Told you. It's just that nasty drinking. (laughs) It's just don't eat the fruit. God said don't do something. That's all it is. He must not eat grapes or raisins or drink any wine or beer or anything else that isn't kosher. Then Manoah said to the angel, hey, can you stay a little while? Look at this. I'll stay. Wow, the angel, but I'll not eat anything. However, if you wish to bring something, bring an offering to sacrifice, okay, to the the Lord. Manoah didn't realize he was the angel of the Lord. 
Then Manoah asked for his name. When all this comes true and the baby's born, he said to the angel, we'll certainly want to tell everyone that you predicted it. Uh, Don't even ask my name, the angel replied. It's a secret. Then Manoah took a young goat. We're going to finish this chapter after all, aren't we? And grain offering did and sacrificed it to the Lord. And the angel did a strange, wonderful thing. For as the flames from the altar, this is almost like, remember, Gideon, real similar. For as the flames from the altar were leaping toward the sky, as Manoah and his wife watched, the angel, can you imagine coming up with this one? If you were just writing baloney stuff. The angel ascended in the fire. Whoa. Manoah and his wife fell on their face downward. And it was, and that was the last day they ever saw him. And it was then that Manoah finally realized that it had been the angel of the Lord. <laughs> this is kind of cool. Husbands and wives, girlfriends, boyfriends. It's just nice to have friends. You know, if you're with somebody, we ain't the only brain out there. Look what he says. We're going to (laughs) die. He cried to his wife. We've seen God. (laughs) His wife said, well, wait a minute. If the Lord were going to kill us, wouldn't he, uh, he wouldn't have accepted our burnt offerings and wouldn't have appeared to us and told us the wonderful things, uh, this wonderful thing and done these miracles. Praise God. When her son was born, they named him Samson. Here he is. The Lord blessed him as he grew up, and the Spirit of the Lord began to excite him whenever he visited the parade grounds of the army of Dan located in the cities. And I'm not doing it once, but see, here's uh, he's going to rip up a lion next. I mean, boy, I tell you what. Anyway, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for we see what took place, or the records you kept for us, and how the Lord you kept t- protecting them because we, they loved you, and uh, how they got in trouble when they didn't love you. But Father, we love you. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, we know you'll take care of that. Praise God. You're the only God we need. Same thing's true financially. You'll take care of us financially. Hallelujah. And if it's some other problem, no matter what it is, you'll get us out of trouble. Our eyes are on you. And so, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left for us to keep good records and tell others about how you've been blessing us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. We went for it.